Hello everybody, Bradley here and welcome into a bonus episode of Let's Dive Deep Bridgerton. We are finally at the finale of season two. I have finally watched the entire season and can discuss it with you guys. If you are here for the normal scene-by-scene -scene breakdown episode, do not worry, that will be the next episode in the feed. However, what I thought would be fun for the finale was to do an instant reaction for all of you without any notes, without any structure, just kind of hop on a podcast, hop on the microphone and just talk about my thoughts on the finale right after I watched it. So what I've done is I've enlisted the the services of Mia once again who joined us for the mid-season special episode. We both finished watching the finale right before we hopped on the podcast and we kind of just riffed about the episode, about the season, what we liked, what we didn't like, what worked really well, what didn't. There's not as much structure or note-taking as there is for the, the, the breakdown, which I will remind you is still happening, so do not worry if that's what you're here for. But I hope you enjoy this little bit of extra content and a little bit of a different style of a podcast. Uh, reminder, this does contain adult content, you know, swearing, we talk about the sex scenes and stuff, so if you don't want to listen to any of that now's a good time to pop off the podcast but there's no spoilers in this one because we're at the end of the season and we can no longer spoil anything which is exciting so i hope you enjoy this it's a little bit different it's a little bit fun a little more loosey-goosey a lot of just riffing into a microphone for an hour and a half but we'll see how it goes let's hop in all right, everybody, Mia is here, and we are back for our kind of instant reaction to the finale of season two. Before we do that, though, uh, what I want to do is throw it over to Mia so they can give us an update on whether they liked episodes five, six, and seven. The last time you heard from Mia was in the mid-season recap. Uh, we kind of talked about the first four episodes and, you know, all of the shit that was going on there. So we just need Mia to kind of let us know uh, where she is at uh, with the, the last three episodes before we talk about the finale. I absolutely loved five, six, and seven. Not absolutely loved. I loved most of them. Um, and the finale episode is probably my favorite of the later latter half of the season. Perfect. What, what were you just briefly? Because I got caught into this internet hellhole that I was in, where I really liked the wedding episode. Not because of the wedding. I hate that the wedding part happened because, like, that just really bothers me in all TV shows. But the actual episode I really liked, and it is on IMDb, easily the lowest rated episode of the season. I got at least four or five emails being like, how on earth did you like this episode? There's a whole Twitter thread by somebody who's like, I appreciate different points of view, but this episode sucks. So, so what were your thoughts just briefly on the, the whole wedding sequence? Well, I was a bit influenced because I think I watched it and then immediately listened to your podcast before I formed my own opinion. Right. Um, and so I think... I did like it. I don't I don't think it was the lowest. I don't think I would have ranked it the lowest of the season. I don't think I liked it as much as you did. That's fair. That's and that's totally fair. That's totally I'm not trying to make anyone like the episode. I just wanted to check in specifically on that one to see if there's yeah, one other it. person out there that also liked that episode. I did like it. Although I was opposite with episode seven, I think it was. Oh, that's the oh, one that I did like. Yeah, 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 I like that one. That that episode hasn't been out long enough for me to have received the emails, and I haven't gone and like <laughs> checked them all yet. So I'm sure other people. Yeah, IMDb really liked that one too. Anyways, we're going to talk about the finale. Let's do that. Uh, for those of you listening, there will be a deep dive on the finale, scene by scene, all that stuff. We're just going to talk briefly about it. No notes, just an instant reaction. I just finished watching it about an hour ago. Mia just finished watching it literally five minutes before recording this. So we're, we're really fresh to this episode. And then um, we will also be talking a little bit about how it kind of relates to the rest of the season, um, which is kind of undeep dive-esque. So just bear with us as we get through it. Um, the first thing I want to talk about with the finale is, unlike The Rain from season one, which I very much disliked, um, this show did employ the same kind of 
thing is like a really quick reset. Uh, I think there's a show, uh, there's no show on earth that needs one more episode like Bridgerton does. That's my like big takeaway is just like, I can just like make another episode to really fill in some gaps. However, um, in, in, in season one, it was the rain and then the rain fell down and everyone was great and fine. In this one, it was, um, Kate almost dying question mark being in a coma for a little bit. Uh, nothing quite resets the attitude of your, you know, younger sister who's mad at you. Uh, quite like almost being dead. So what were your thoughts? A really cheap trick, really, you know, slick maneuver. They got to reset everything for the finale. And what were your thoughts on the whole Kate coma business? I did not like that. You didn't like it? No? Not a fan. Uh, I don't think it was, it's not as lazy as having Kate interrupted every goddamn yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's certainly better than that. Something. Yeah. It's a little bit better. It's like, it's like a couple tiers better than that. But I was like, oh, come on. I appreciated like the, the attempt. I appreciated the attempt. Like, okay, yes. we need a reset. I, I have no idea if that's in the books or not, and maybe it is. But like, it was just—it was more clever than the rain from season one. Right, a little bit more clever. Yeah. Also, I love the coma being like, like she just looks gorgeous. Like, you know, there's no, it's not really coma. It's just like napping, I suppose. Or you're just kind of sleeping, right? You look yeah. good. Like you haven't eaten in like a week, and you just look fantastic, or whatever. So the, the whole thing. I appreciated the trick. I thought it was a little better and more elegantly done. And I think I think it did do quite a bit for Anthony's character, actually, where he's trying to figure out, like, oh, now if she dies, it's also my fault. Like, this guy kind of can't win. He finally, right. like, what did they say in episode seven when they were doing their thing on the terrace? Like, let's finally do something for ourselves. And so, right. like, I can imagine from his point of view, the heartbreak of, like, doing that one thing for yourself. And then the person... And then it kills the person that you did it for. Immediately dead. <laughs> like, the cooling off period, like, whatever the refractory period is, just, like, going for a morning ride and then just dead. Like, that could have been traumatic. So I did appreciate yeah. it from that point of view. But that was kind of the first thing that stuck out to me. It was, like, this little trick of, okay, we need to reset everyone's attitude toward Kate, the queen, and, like... Edwina, Mary, all these people have to have a complete change of heart in one episode. How are we going to do that? And I thought it was at least mildly elegantly done. I agree. And the entire time, because she shows up at the ball like two days after being nearly dead. It's like, okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. Also, the timeline is wild. Let's talk about that for a second. This whole thing happens like from the end of the wedding to the ball at the end is like two weeks, right? Like, right. Like, <laughs> it, like I, I saw a lot and of she, people. How long was she out for? She was out for a couple of days. Okay. It's kind of implied. Not like a, yeah, it's implied. Not like a full week. No, 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 no. Maybe, maybe about a week. It's kind of implied they say something like, um, when she wakes up, they say, like, Lady Amber is like, oh, Anthony brought you back gallantly a few days ago. Or whatever. Right. And then I think yeah, we I can assume that. the ball is like two or three days after that. So right. like a week total. Right? But the whole, like, yeah. terrace thing was like a week after the wedding. So from the end of the wedding to like this moment at the dance is like a whole two weeks like it's a fortnight which is absolutely crazy for all of this stuff to happen in it is that's you know it doesn't really seem like enough time for everything to be going on i felt like this episode was a little jam-packed for me like i felt it didn't feel rushed per se but it felt like there was too much going on and not enough time to focus on anything yeah. but i feel like they made it work like, it didn't bother me too much, but I was just like, this is interesting. There's a lot that they have to do in an hour, what is it, an hour and 11 minutes or something? Something like that. I think there's, I think finales are just always hard for that because they have yeah. to be, if, if 
you run the risk of them not being interesting enough or not full of enough right. stuff and then people just hate them like finales right. kind of have to be if anything over full i just think this season but i feel like if there was just a little bit less going on they could have had more character development instead of just copping out with oh no kate almost died right right right. i think what we were kind of i think what's missing from this season in season one i could have put a ninth without actually changing the plot i have i've come up with a whole different plot for season two that i think would have fit eight episodes better and accomplished all the same things because i am a nerd like that but (laughs) without changing the plot in season one you kind of needed another episode like a ninth episode somewhere in the middle to kind of explore Daphne and Simon's just not liking it. You know what I mean? Like this right, traumatic yeah, thing happened. Right, whole reconciliation thing. Yeah, really you needed rushed. that. You needed another hour for that to really like happen naturally. And in this right. in this season, what you missed out on without having a ninth episode is like the courtship period between Kate and Anthony because that's interesting, right? Like so or the fucking wedding or yeah, the wedding is a separate thing, right? But like even I would have taken any of it right but it's just like or like edwina and kate's thing because they had a great conversation but they had like one conversation right there's just something else i think that if you had that episode somewhere where you know the edwina stuff is solved but now it's just kate and anthony trying to figure out like yeah they're gonna get married and all that how does that work like what do other people feel about that what does the ton feel about that like what does the queen think about that? what does the queen think about that right like there's there's just a lot there that you could have had one more episode for i will say i did enjoy their storyline at the end like i think i think kind of simon and daphne walked so that they could run and, and both jonathan bailey and simone ashley like really ran with it and yes. and were incredible and well i feel like we could have had one more episode to really flush out that kind of engagement period between the end of the season and like the i guess epilogue that we get where they're like at Paul mall sleeping together right. or whatever like whatever that is <laughs> right like i feel like in between those two events like after the season there's something that we kind of missed out on right i agree it yeah. seemed a little bit like whoa okay Right, let's let's get back to Kate and Anthony in a moment. Let's just get rid of all the side stuff while we're here. Um, my overall impression of all the side stuff was that I enjoyed it for all eight episodes. There was no kind of plot line that really sucked the whole way through. Like, I really didn't like Marina's storyline last season. There was nothing like that that really bugged me. However, what I'm not sure about is, like, I think we just ended up back where we started with everyone but Eloise and Penelope. Yeah, I was noticing that, too. And I actually noticed that, I didn't notice it so much overall, but now that you say that, that's definitely true, that it's kind of just reset, which I'm not a huge fan of. But I noticed that with um, the whole Kate almost dying thing, like I get that it's a plot device so that everyone else's reaction to her gets reset, but it's like, that was not too much screen time, but there were a couple, there was, it was long enough into the episode and then it's like, oh, she's fine. It's like, well, why bother? Right, yeah, yeah. I think, I think Benedict is one. I, I, I loved his art storyline. I think that's fun. I think that's exciting. I bet, like, whoever, Luke, there's two Lukes. There's Luke Thompson and Luke, whatever. One of the Lukes that plays Benedict did an incredible job this season. And I don't mind that if we don't get forward progress with the character, I'm totally cool with them like going in a full, like going on a journey and ending up back where they started. But to me, like there needs to be like a lesson learned there. Like something has right. changed or whatever. So Benedict yep. starts the season, not in art school. He gets into art school because we learned of Anthony's donation, which was fucking perfect. Like what a hilarious turn of events. Cause of course that's how Anthony like helps out his brothers. Just like 
throwing money at the problem, like just useless rich people, right? And so then Benedict learns, like goes to art school, does well, is enjoying it, learns that his brother kind of bought his way in, which like, cool, Benedict, like that's your whole life is just buying your way into everything. And then like drops out of art school. But like what lesson was learned along the way other than Anthony throws money around because he's rich. And like that's but that's what you do all the time for everything, not just art school. Like your house is full of servants. Like you throw your money at servants like dress you or whatever. Like I just don't know what I I enjoyed it. I I enjoyed watching it all. I just don't know like where what the point was with it. Right. And maybe there doesn't need to be a point. Maybe I'm like overanalyzing it but that one i was like okay interesting with the featheringtons and so like we go through the whole thing and i enjoyed all of it cousin jack is great the whole storyline was great the subterfuge all the shit with prudence is fucking hilarious i loved it all like i thoroughly enjoyed it but you you go through it and the featheringtons kind of start you know slightly outcast pretty poor you know people don't think too highly quote unquote of them. poor but yeah yeah quote unquote yeah they only have one servant they're super poor right but like relative to their society Right, and then yeah. they go through all this stuff with Cousin Jack, and then you just land at the end of the season, and the Featheringtons are about to be, like, looked down upon again because they scammed all the money away from people and, like, yep. slightly outcast. And the only thing that has changed is, like, one of them married Sneeze and Cheese. And, right, like, I'm just not really sure, like, what... I don't know. I don't know. Like, I enjoyed it all. And maybe that just is enough. Maybe I'm overthinking it. But I'm just really not sure, like, what what was learned, what was changed... In that yeah, process. I agree. I definitely enjoyed it, but I feel like it may not necessarily be an error in the writing, but like if if you just have a lot of shit happen and then it's just right back to the exact same spot, I question a little bit the decision making that went into that. It's like, okay, did you really have an idea though? I was actually hoping that at least Mama Featherington would have actually gone off to America to see what would happen with the fallout from that. Like, I was hoping that she would run off with Cousin Jack. Also, oh, we yeah. have to talk about them. Right. Oh, I, I want to talk a little bit about the I am a mother thing. Because that, I, so I, um, I can, oh, I can finally reveal what I was spoiled on. Now that I've been telling everyone that I was spoiled on some things, but I didn't want to tell them what. So it didn't influence, right. like, their listening of the <laughs> podcast, their enjoyment. I was spoiled on um the whole Featherington plot line. Like, just Cousin Jack leaving, all, all of that stuff. And so I had, because I was already spoiled, I had wa- or listened or read an interview. I think Vanity Fair did something with Polly Walker, who I like from mm. other shows, not just Bridgerton. And she did this bonkers interview about um, Portia Featherington and her character. And I was like, are you aware? Like, like she was like going off about how like in-depth this character is and all this stuff. I'm like, are you in the same show that I'm watching? Because like the whole the whole thing kind of ends in in the most Portia Featherington way. And I think she like means well, but just has no basis for actually like accomplishing anything. Right? Like, but she like means well in the sense that I am a mother and I truly believe she's like looking out for her daughters. But her way of doing that was like throwing them at their cousin <laughs> to marry them. <laughs> to like avoid like the whole point of that was so they wouldn't get kicked out of the house. So I believe her. But I was like, right. okay, you you at the end you're kind of standing up on like a holier than thou pedestal in front of this cousin Jack guy being like, I am a mother, and you're just an asshole. And it's like, well, you're also kind of an asshole. True that you're a mother, and I believe you. And I do think you had the best intentions for your daughters. I'm not unconvinced of that. 
But also, like, she kind of goes on this thing where she she's blameless in all this, right? Like, mm-hmm. she had nothing to do with any of it. He's just a jerk, and he, she's just defending her daughters, which is not not what happened. <laughs> but Polly Walker in that interview seems to think that that's what happened. But it was wild to me. It was absolutely wild. I'm going to have to listen to that interview now, because I wasn't spoiled on that. I was only spoiled on a couple really mild things. Um, so I didn't really know any details of what was coming up. Um her whole thing was hilarious, and all the acting of the Featherington family is just a top tier. It's so good. Yeah, the ball stuff too. Like we shall call it the Featherington ball. Just laugh out loud, funny, absolutely. <laughs> and Penn was like, "How original? How original is that? like that's absolutely <laughs> that's that's what I mean. Like I enjoyed all these subplots so much. Like they were yeah, they definitely. were fun. Um, <clears throat> I think there's a lot of people kind of online and in emails, kind of just like mad that we didn't get more. Kate and Anthony, which I get, they're electric on the screen, all good, right? How Her chemistry is insane. Yeah, however, I don't know if I feel, like, I think there's things we missed out on. However, like, part of what makes, part of what made that relationship work so well for me was that it was a slow burn, and that, like, yes. there's, like, I can't remember, I learned about it in university, but I can't remember what it's called, like, some kind of scarcity thing, where, like, if you go to the club, this is a weird example, but if you go to a club in the evening, right, they'll, like, They'll, lots of clubs will like artificially inflate the lineup, even though there's room inside the club, just to make you like anticipate it and wait for it. And mm-hmm. through the waiting, you you want the experience more, and so it heightens your enjoyment of it. If that right. makes sense, and that's what happened with Anthony and Kate. Like season. Oh, one, I definitely agree. I don't think I I am annoyed that we missed their like honeymoon phase as well as their engagement phase. That's kind of the only thing that I feel like I actually missed. Yeah. I think other than that, the um the absence of of them for every second of their interactions i think made when they finally got together it was like yeah yeah no i think i would have done that by adding though not by subtracting i think a lot of people were like what did we need all these other plot lines for could we just not have had more of kate and anthony i'm like no i think mm. the other plot lines were what made them work so well is because like you every time you leave them you want to be back with them Right. Right. Yep. So I, I think I just would have done that by adding more, if possible, not by taking yeah. away the side plots, because I quite enjoyed the the side plots. Colin. Oh, I did too. So now I don't know if you've read the news or whatever. I get like the full benefit, and this is how like analysis changes over time once you get more information. I enjoyed Colin's storyline a lot, and this is like all the benefit of just knowing that next season's about him and Penelope now, which was announced like two days ago, which is just super lucky. Right. And I do admire how efficiently they kind of got his character from like coming back in episode two to the end of the season and like setting him up. He had the one scene. He comes back from Greece. He's talking about Greece. He's really annoying. He goes to see Marina that clears his head or whatever. And then he has like in terms of screen time, what, five, six, seven minutes of screen time. It's that. Like going through and like, you know, figuring out the Featherington plotting and scheming and dancing with Penelope and all that. And then by the end, you get the one scene where he's like, ha. Penelope Featherington, I'd never date her or whatever, just to like create this like mess that we can kind of pick up with in the next season. As clusterfuck to start season three with. Right. And so like in the episode when I reviewed it, I was like, oh, do I really need Colin going to see Marina or whatever? But now Mm. in hindsight, I like that so much more because I'm like, oh, they actually very much efficiently did that. Right. Like it was less than 15 minutes screen time for Colin. And they got him like from point A to point B very efficiently in a way that was like at least mildly enjoyable to watch. Definitely. And I think his whole thing in the finale was super efficient as well. Absolutely. What, like what him you... figuring out what was going on with Cousin Jack was like, I could have, I feel like I could have seen a little bit more of that, but we didn't really need it. 
Do you like he... believe it though? Like Colin does not strike me as the Colin kind of strikes me as the guy that just like takes out all that money and throws it at Mr. Featherington <laughs> and then doesn't think about it, forgets to ask about a return on his investment, and then like Anthony just yells at him in two seasons that they yeah, lost all I the money. I feel like he's they've played him before the finale to be a little bit more like airheaded to to figure this out so quickly because he figured it out really fucking fast. Right. And, and like I- I get that their family is friends with the, is it Mondrich that runs the club, the gentleman's yeah, club? Yeah. I get that they're friends with him, so he would he would actually listen to him, maybe. But, I get, yeah, I was a little, like, I, like he totally had me pulled in when he was yelling at Mondrich. He's like, ah, oh, fuck you, I'm friends with Featherington, and he's a good guy. Like, oh, and I'm like, what the fuck, Colin? Right, I, I, but believe I totally that believed too. him. Yeah, I believed him too, because like, that, that felt no more way. like him. That felt way more like him. I don't, like, get him as the yeah. kind of guy who's like, gonna he's go... He's like and... the righteous. But, yeah, I don't know. I I thought... It didn't bother me too much, but I was like, whoa, you, you're the one to figure this out? Yeah, it was... It kind of, I think, lost a little bit of, like shine for me i think it was really well done and efficiently done but you kind of had really recently there was edwina kind of figuring out just at the last second that kate and anthony were a thing at the wedding and this episode you had colin kind of just figuring out he says he did some research or whatever but we don't see it like he just goes from one scene pops into the next one all of a sudden knows mr featherington is a fraud and you also had eloise kind of just instantly figuring out that Penelope's Lady Whistledown. And individually, I believed all three of them. Like, individually, they all worked for me. But kind of right. together within the space of three episodes, it was kind of like, oh, like oh, we just need these people to figure this thing out. So they're going to do it. And if it was just yep. any one of the three in isolation, I wouldn't have even noticed it. But all three together, I kind of mm. noticed like this That's little bit point. of a crutch where it was like, oh, okay, these people just figure it out as they... As the plot needs them to. As the plot needs them to, yeah. It's like Mama Bridgerton being just a plot device for a lot of it. Although I thought she was a little better in the finale. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, she was... Her in the finale is what I wanted. Her in the finale makes perfect sense. You know, a little bit concerned, very much a mother, you know, kind of working through the emotions of all her children, you know, head of the household type of thing, right? right? But, like... Again, it's just, it kind of felt like she's just actively antagonistic and just kind of almost <laughs> aloof in the, the oh, whole, super aloof. in the whole season so far. Cause then like in the last episode, she's like running up and down the stairs. I hated this scene so much. It was awful. She's like going up and down the stairs. Telling, Are you just going to rely on your brothers? Are you still going to get married this season? It's like, I don't know, mom, this whole thing just got fucked up yesterday and you didn't even want me to marry Edwina in the first place. So fuck off. Like I just hated all that. But in this episode, yeah. she just went, like, instantly once Kate, like, falls and hurts herself and she sees how Anthony's reacting to it, she just, like, flips the switch and she's like, oh, dude, these are the important things. Like, you gotta go, <laughs> you gotta go see her. You gotta make, like, oh, you don't have the time. Like, make the time. Like, ah, and I was like, where were you? <laughs> like, why weren't you this supportive? Like, what the fuck were you doing for point? the entirety of the rest of the season? Same with Mama Sharma. And I get that they were, they're all traumatized. It's just, this whole season is just a trauma dump for everyone, which is fine. It's like, but where the hell was Mama Sharma for all of it? And then in the, the last scene, not the last scene, last episode of the season, she's like, oh, well, you know, I'm so sorry. It's like, okay, the little late for that. <laughs> right, absolutely. Yeah. She also had that scene with Anthony last episode, where at least she kind of took right. partial blame for her role. Right. And everything. Yes. Which I was w- I was pleased to see that, definitely. Which was kind of nice. 
Um, is there any other small kind of side plots going on? I don't think so. The Will Mondrich one was important. And we kind yep. of figured that out. That's fine. He's got customers now. That's where we end with Will. Fun side yeah. character. People are having drinks at his thing. Colin is Colin. This is the this is why notes are so important. Is because I'm trying to figure out was there anything. I think that's it. Okay, we're gonna get back to Kate and Anthony then, and kind of wrote through. I guess Edwina as well, and kind of wrote yeah. through them. Oh, I just wanted to mention it's not as bad as Game of Thrones, which I started watching. <laughs> A couple months ago and didn't watch much of but um the whole featherington like all being infatuated with cousin jack is just like oh <laughs> that's pretty oh yeah i feel like it's really with the time i think it makes sense yes it is but it's still like for a modern audience and such like a modern sensitivity is the way the show was made i was just like whoa Okay. Yeah, yeah, I also enjoyed. I did a little bit of research just in my spare time on the time period. It was like for as fucked up as that system was, there were parts of it that weren't that fucked up. Like it is definitely true. Like because when they were saying in the last season that Daphne was like twenty one or whatever, I was like, mm. okay, like whatever. It turns out like the average age people married in that society are like twenty six years old. I was like, oh, wow. I would have just assumed this is very much a like, ooh, a rich twelve year old. <laughs> like we're gonna like, <laughs> right, exactly, right. Like that's how I assumed it was gonna go and they just had to age up the characters mm. for a modern audience but no 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 no, they actually are younger than average in <laughs> terms of like yeah it was in, it was very interesting when i was reading that, that. is interesting because i definitely thought that they would be younger all right well we're gonna sort out the zoom call problems we're about to have and we will be right back with uh, kate and anthony and edwina Hey everybody, Editing Bradley here. Hope you're enjoying the episode. Just so you know, Mia and I encountered a few problems with Zoom during this recording, and for about the next 10 minutes, her audio is slightly louder than I had it set to or that I would like it to be. It's not so bad that I think it's unlistenable, so I haven't cut it, but just so you know, for the next 10 minutes or so, it is slightly louder than we were hoping it would be. I didn't quite catch the error in time, but I did fix it after about 10 minutes. Um, so just so you know, you might want to turn the podcast down a little bit just before this next part starts, and it lasts for about 10 minutes. Apologies. You know, I do my best to produce these podcasts the best that I can, but I'm not a producer. And sometimes I feel like I have no idea what I'm doing. And this is one of those times. So apologies if it's a little bit loud for the next couple of minutes. But hey, I thought it was better than cutting the podcast or trying to find Mia to re-record this section. So let's hop back in, everyone. All right, everybody, we are back. Our Zoom issues have been figured out. Uh, we're going to talk. I know I promised Kate and Anthony and stuff. We'll get back to them. But um, we're going to talk a little bit about Eloise and Penelope. I find with Bridgerton that the romantic stuff is the easiest to make me happy with because that's the entire point of the show is the romance. And so, like, it's hard to mess up, um, especially with Simone Ashley and Jonathan Bailey, just two very attractive, great actors. Like, they're just not going to mess the romantic stuff up. But the Penelope-Eloise stuff, I felt, was the most authentic the most well done, the most well written, I think. Like in terms of like from start to finish from the first bit of season one till now, it's kind of been a, a gradual two season arc. And there's certainly been bumps along the road with, with Eloise's storyline, I think um, with Theo a little bit, which we can bring up as well. But what were you just your overall thoughts on the, the revelation? Eloise kind of just like figuring it out all of a sudden, like budding, like got it, like light bulb goes off. Ah, very clever. Um, what were your thoughts on it? I thought it was done very well. Um, I have issues with the Eloise Theo thing, but that's interesting because I love that. <clears throat> I know. I think most people do, but I still, I'm still annoyed that they refuse to put Eloise and Penelope together. 
Oh, yeah. I gotcha. I'm not that surprised because it's Netflix, but it's like, come on. There's so much, <laughs> there's chemistry already there. They have a whole <laughs> lifetime of friendship under their belt. I you're, like you're the, really a great character. for the LGBTQ storyline. I am, yes, I, I am. I appreciate that. There's a whole part of the internet that's with you that I'm appreciative of. I think I think we'll get it. I think something will get changed or amended, or something. I hope so. Yeah, I think Bridgerton just seems like the kind of show that that's gonna do that. Um, other than that, I thought it was done very well. <laughs> other than <laughs> other than it's not Eloise and Penelope that are together. We've also like how devastating is that news for you that it's going to be Penelope and Colin next season, like that just like um, final nail yeah. in, the, in the coffin. It's kind of annoying. It's <laughs> more than kind of annoying. It's very annoying. It's like oh come on! I knew I knew they weren't going to go there, but it's like I'm not the only one that wants it, and I'm like come on, just yeah. do it. Oh, so many people want it. I don't know. Um, they do definitely have chemistry, and they're both great characters so i can see that working out but collins just put his foot in it and been an asshole and penelope heard so that's that'll be a great clusterfuck to start the season as we know following from season or episode one anthony that does not stop you that is that is not that's true that is not an actual barrier you will actually after we're going actually like a hundred percent of the time when you're kind of an asshole in front of your friends you end up with the with the love of your life anyway so i think in the bridgerton world you're that's true uh but it's broken penelope's heart again yeah so i thought with the eloise revelation that in isolation i think it was like a little much just because you got three of them in like three episodes yeah i loved the way it was acted it's it it, again like i I find with people's analysis like oh like what a weird trope or whatever like when her and theo are like dropping things and picking them up and falling in love like that's a weird trope for me too but there's a reason why they're tropes because if they're done really well it's incredible it's why most plays are like two acts or like a three act or a three part you know what i mean like because that system works really (laughs) well Yeah, the whole three act structure is has been implemented into most movies now too so right that's exactly the reason there's a reason for it. It's because when done well, it works really well. And in isolation, kind of the way Eloise figures it out, I thought was perfect. You know, Penelope's yes. being a wall. I thought it took her way too long. But other than that, I think it was really good because right. she's really smart. It's like she should have figured it out way faster. Yeah, I think, I think I think I believe. Have you watched the miniseries Chernobyl on I HBO? Not. OK, so like part of what. Part of what Chernobyl, like, at the beginning of that miniseries they're trying to figure out is, like, everyone just denies that the whole fucking thing blew up, right? Like, and they just, like, figure out... Of course they do, but they figure out a bunch of other things that it could have possibly been that aren't as bad. Mm. And one of the reasons for that is, like, they couldn't even conceive that it was possible for it to blow up. Like, no one understood a way in which it could happen. And I can understand that. So for Eloise, if you can't even conceive that Penelope could be Lady Whistledown. Like, if you've already, like, jumped past that and figured, like, in your own head, like, oh, it's Penelope. She's not Lady Whistledown. You're you're not out right, there. Right, that's like, fair. All those clues are hitting you, but you're not actually, like, engaging with them in good faith because you just say, oh, it's, she's not Lady Whistledown. It must be someone else, right? right. And so I think I think in retrospect, seeing how, how the reveal happened, I can appreciate the clues she missed before. But yeah. I found it was perfect. Like, Penelope's out there being a wallflower. I weird to see that in 1800s people were stuffing their whatever corsets <laughs> you know what i mean like that was weird but sure right yeah i don't i'm not sure the practicality of that working 
because those are, I don't know. All right, also, like, corsets do a pretty good job of making things, like, visible. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you needed the mm-hmm. extra help. Like, I think the, the whole outfit is designed. Anyways, that's a whole separate thing. They do. They do a very good job. But also, they're fitted, like, to each person, especially in this society. I would assume that, like, they probably got custom corsets or whatever. So I don't feel like it. And you can't breathe, so I don't see how you could. That would be possible, but whatever. Right. And then Penelope's picking up this information. Eloise goes to talk to her, and there's something about the way Penelope's just like smirking and smiling and like conniving and like talking about it and pointing it out that I was yeah. like, oh, she's late. Like I, I got it more. The other ones, I think I'm working because I know she's late at Whistledown, so they're easier for me to right. pick out. Whereas Eloise doesn't, and that's where I think. I kind of like if I put myself in Eloise's shoes, I understand why some of the obvious clues are just going right over her head because she just hasn't even entertained right. the thought that she could be Lady Whistledown. But this one, I was like, this is the one. Like, there's just something about the way she's talking about the gossip she's figuring out that I was like, oh, you're definitely Lady Whistledown. And Eloise kind of figured that out. What are your thoughts about? I struggle with these kind of, I love when life lives in the gray a little bit. What are your thoughts about <laughs> Eloise kind of confirming this by snooping through Penelope's things? Like, is, like, do, do the oh. ends justify the means? Is it, like, a dick move? Is it, like, hey, like, all is fair in love and war. Like, Penelope fucking put the hit piece out on Eloise. So, like, Eloise's response like, looking through her floorboard seems pretty tame in, like, the grand scheme of, like, that thing. What are your kind of thought? I love these little ethical dilemmas. Yeah, I, I thought that that was also interesting because I wasn't, I was, I knew she would confront Penelope, but I didn't think that she would, like, be in her room. Also... Were they, I guess the ball was at their house. Yeah, it was at I'm the like, Featherington house. I'm like, how did she house. get there? Okay, I missed that. I was too engrossed in everything else going on. Yeah, yeah, no, I was at the Featherington house. Okay, that makes more sense. Because I'm like, how did you, like, just show up? Oh, did you, like, take a cart around town <laughs> and right. just, like, hide in her room for, like, when's she coming? It's been six hours. I've been hiding <laughs> under this bed. Yeah, yeah, No, I don't think so. I think it's at their yeah, house. Yeah, okay, that makes more sense. Um, I thought that was interesting. I thought that it was done quite well. And I thought that the gray area was a little bit more with Penelope's reaction to it and saying, oh, I did it for you. It's because I'm actually the good guy. Right. Fucking nuts. You know, like, like, what the fuck? You're not going to get your friend back by by being defensive. Like that's, Absolutely that not. not going to. You should be smarter than that. You're, you're whistled down. You, you ought to know. Yeah, that, no. that's my not... fa- my favorite line there was the it was the only way i could convince the queen it wasn't you. i was like fuck off you didn't even try all the other ways that would have negatively benefited you right yeah like, even she... delacroix is like you could turn yourself in and she's like no i can't do that right that won't and work. her it's reasoning like... for that was fair i mean i do think the queen probably would have been like you're just friends with her but again like you could have tried right that's what i mean you could have tried like it's like if, if like if I, you're penelope you go up to the queen and ask like hey or, yeah. or, or, or just tell Eloise, like, yo, fuck it, I, like, that? sorry, like, like, I'm Lady Whistledown, not you. This is a problem because the queen thinks it's you. And then Let's go together. together. Let's to, go to... together to the queen because, like, the queen thinks Eloise is Lady Whistledown, so she'll talk to her, right? Like, mm-hmm. they can just go together. Yeah, Penelope did, Penelope, Penelope does what most people do. Like, most people think they're going to be the fucking hero of, like, a story or whatever. Most people are slightly more craven and selfish than that. It's just how humans work. Right? Yeah. Like Penelope kind of immediately dismissed in a very human way all of the possibilities that would have really negatively impacted her and then landed on the on the one that would accomplish the mission while not blowing her cover. 
which in a very right. human way i understand even though like i i get to sit here being like on a podcast like like smarter and you know clairvoyant and like i'm an amazing person who would never stoop to such lows as being mildly selfish with the only good thing that's going on in my life right like i i totally like, yeah that's that's a little of course we would but but again it's like if you're that good friends with eloise I feel like, and I, I also, I was like, well, just tell Eloise. Like, I was reading from when the queen, I guess, was it seven, six or seven, that the queen was like, ah, you're Lady Whistledown. And then Eloise immediately tells Penelope. And I'm like, just tell Eloise now. It's yeah, not she, too oh, late. That's odd, because I'm Lady Whistledown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought they were going to go there for a minute. Um, but I, I also kind of get why she didn't, because she'd already done some questionable things and didn't want to ruin her friendship but it's like okay but it's either ruin your friendship in person by being honest or like completely trash your best friend to the entire dawn yeah i know it was i i didn't like any i liked it and then my... trying to be like oh well i was actually the good guy here it's like mm, that's the so, wrong so... take to have yeah i agreed with 99 percent of what Eloise was saying in that like yelling match or whatever. I think Penelope, Penelope, and again, in a very human way is just like grasping at straws, trying to like <laughs> say, say whatever she can to try and win this argument, but it's not going to yep. work to Penelope's credit. It seems like she pretty quickly realized how bad she fucked up and was like out there looking for Eloise. That's why she stumbles upon Colin being rude to her or whatever. Oh it's yeah. Like, Cause true. she's out there looking for Eloise and kind of like crying about it. So I think Penelope is like, is genuinely like a good natured person. Oh, definitely. I don't think she's actually ill-hearted or whatever, but she's not going about it very well. Which is, I mean, also they're there's they might be like whatever twenty one or whatever, but they're yeah. Still Penelope young. also thinks like babies are transferred via cake. That was a plot line in season <laughs> one, right? Like I don't like Penelope yeah. as Lady Whistledown is pretty smart, but like in society, like women are not told all the, you know what I mean? Like. Yeah, they don't have enough information. They don't have enough information or like so like their decision making skills are not as developed as they should be. No, and all of their That was actually one thing. Getting back to Kate and Anthony for a minute, um, they like totally just had sex in episode seven. And that like wasn't a plot point much in the finale. And I feel like in this society that would have been a bigger deal. And like, I guess it doesn't matter because nobody caught them, but it's like, and and Kate tells her mom, kind of, but her mom figures it out in this when they're having that conversation. And I was like, nice that the mom figured that out, but also why why aren't they like freaking out about this? Because they were freaking out about things that were so much more minor earlier on. Absolutely. I, I don't really understand. There's parts of this I don't understand. And again, most of this I just file under two attractive people arguing attractively. Like, that's just where I'm filing most of this. Like, they're just, like, desperate to argue with one another because that's how they, you know, flirt or whatever. Right? right. And so, like, I had... There's so many moments here where I was like, Kate, what the fuck is going on with you? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, like, after she wakes up from the coma, she's, like, literally, like, mad that Anthony wasn't, like, at her bedside this entire time. It's like, she, he brought you back and, like, helped you. He and saved got this... your whole fucking life. There. Yeah. And, and then, it's like, just... not his fault that you went for the ride. And then she's like, oh, of course he wasn't here. He does also... <laughs> her freaking out at her mom and be like he doesn't love me it's like whoa 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 right it's like wait so like he does all of that Where stuff the hell did you get that 
from? Right. You just had the sexiest sex of of your whole life, like ever in human history. Y'all are like going at it real good. And then like that happens, you fall, you bonk your head, Anthony saves you. You wake up and like the thing you're mad, like the only thing that matters is that he like wasn't there during this process where you were it's like what was he gonna do like i i get the gesture i get that it's nice if he would have like come and sat around for half an hour but like right. it's not it's not actually helpful it's it wouldn't have mattered at all like i don't really understand like it would have shown his devotion though right right but like i feel like i feel like i watched some devotion i feel like i watched <laughs> a whole scene on a garden terrace like like clearly identified the devotion Yes. Right? Like, yep. like I think she forgot this happened. Like, I think she forgot that that happened. Right? And then he, like, comes to marry her. And I understand from, like, the Edwina, Edwina objection point of view why... Why the fuck did she say no to that? I think I think part of it, and she explains later, I, I thought this too. And then I mean, I, I get it, but I'm like, you... Okay. That that annoyed me just from, like, not that, that I feel like it was out of character. I feel like it was completely in character for both of them, but it just pissed me off from, like, a viewer... Just a just a happy happily blindly viewing it without thinking about it too hard. Yeah, like, had, come on, make yourself happy for what? Yeah, I had the same thing. She explains later that it was um, oh, what does she explain? Oh, she thought it was because he was oh, like so, he was duty bound. Some misguided notion of duty or whatever. I'm like, again, I watched that scene. Like, sign me up for some misguided notions of duty, <laughs> Kate Sharma. Like, what are you doing? Like, this clearly the like the that, that like it clearly is going well. You him so like, right, like go for it matter all right that's what i mean that's that's exactly my thought like i get it but like does it fucking matter like that is my entire thought on like kate and you spent like, the entire season pining for each other and having horny jail the entire time horny jail, yeah. it's like yeah just <laughs> come on guys you, absolutely you should... I, it, it infuriated <laughs> you're so me. horny for him why don't you just say yes it infuriated me most like at the beginning of their like terrorist sex or whatever, because like they're literally just like getting mad at each other about the dumbest things. I'm like, why, why, why are you just like, you're here together with no one else. Just like enjoy each other's company. Like, do you have And then she, like, she's like, Oh, it's settled. I'm going back to India. I'm like, why, why you don't have to. There's anymore. literally no reason to anymore. Right, like, like since you almost died, Edwina just doesn't care anymore. Like that was the whole point of this whole you almost dying thing was to get Edwina <laughs> to not care anymore, and she doesn't. She thinks it's great. Like go for it. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And they have that great conversation after she is miraculously recovered after like two days of being awake that's fucking hilarious too <laughs> that was good too she's just like up and about like yep this is yeah, good. and edwina had my reaction she's like you should be in bed and she's like oh, i'm fine it's like okay yeah no it's so <laughs> but then good. that whole conversation that kate and edwina had i really liked that that scene was amazing yeah edwina's been great a lot of i a lot of people again did not like the wedding episode for a variety of reasons one of them is they didn't like edwina's thing uh, like reactions to everything i'm like y'all have That's never completely reasonable reaction right Absolutely. beyond reasonable that was pretty tame actually yeah i was like have you never been mad at a person in your life like none of us are reasonable <laughs> when we're mad at people like that is and like she was fairly reasonable too yeah really. I, I i think edwina was great i think edwina was great she had the one comment where kate's like hey do you want to go home and edwina's like don't pretend like you know what's best for me you i like okay that's probably a bit much she just asked if you wanted to go home because no one showed up to the dance like that's i get it but like that's probably too far everything else weird i i are great i like that in this episode edwina again like i hmm. 
it's kind of convenient that Kate like almost died so that Edwina could just feel better about it. But like once I accept that, Edwina being like, hey, we've been putting on an act. You've certainly been putting on an act. Like, let's go have fun. Like pressure's off, right? This is the free ball. Like we just go, no pressure. We're not getting married, yada, yada, nothing, nothing. Like we're just going to do that. I found it a little strange. Like I don't, I have two brothers. I don't have sisters, right? So I don't really understand it. Even if I did have sisters, I wouldn't be their sister. So like that relationship is different, right? right? I did find it at least slightly strange that I get passively not caring anymore. Like you've sorted it out, you know, water under the bridge. You don't care if she has feelings for Anthony or whatever. And to be right. fair to me, she asked the questions, but to kind of actively endorse it just two weeks later was weird to me. Like at the ball where she's like, yeah. like you can't avoid him all night and don't, don't avoid him at least not on, not on my account. And it's like, okay, I, it's a little bit weird that you're actively endorsing this. Like surely there's just a little bit of you that's still grumpy about it, but that was yeah. Okay. It was a little quick because because wasn't it in episode seven when they had the ball that nobody showed up to? Yeah, that was at the end and of episode seven. She was seven. she was kind of still gazing at at uh, Anthony. Yeah, there, there's the scene where like they walk into the museum and Anthony just like smells the air that she just walked oh, in. just unreal. <laughs> Absolutely. Not that scene. I had a I had quite the reaction to that. I was watching in my room and I was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah, no, it was weird. That was absolutely wild. <laughs> it was so weird. It was like, whoa, dude. Yeah. Uh, and then Danbury caught him doing that. That was great. That was so funny as well. And then oh Danbury like putting She the was like, what the fuck? Danbury man? putting the stick between them and then being like affronted by this. I'm like, wait, yeah. like <laughs> y'all can't y'all are like magnetically pulled together. This is reasonable from Lady Danbury. Like Y'all can't even stand in the same room together without being in horny jail. Like, Lady Danbury, she is, if anything, she's not doing enough to keep you apart. Like, she needs to be right. more... Right, yeah, yeah, It's like, stand on the opposite end of the room by the end of the night. They're right next to each other again. Yeah, I liked all the Edwina stuff. I thought it was a little bit strange that she was kind of, like, at least, like, out loud endorsing Kate and Anthony. Yeah. And then later when she's like, I think they look beautiful. I'm like, okay, I get that you're endorsing it now. It's just like I'd still be a little. I like I liked uh, like Edwina when she was a little mad. Like still be like a like a little yeah. yeah. It, they do look a little more autonomy and opinions. Right, like yeah, nice. like like even just like the way you say like yeah, they they look beautiful. Like you're acknowledging it, but in a way that you don't want to. Right, right. like that would have been good. Um, yeah. I loved 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 the dance sequence. A uh, wrecking ball was the perfect song for it, but yes. between Kate and Anthony. The actual dance sequence there was was incredible. The whole like three fingers to four fingers thing was hilarious. And also I like that Kate had the initiative with that dance where it's like she like Anthony was like, ah, we should stay apart. And Kate's like, what if we don't? And I was like, yay, you're not going to just argue with him for the sake of arguing with him. Like, yay. Character development. Let's go. <laughs> Character development. Yay. Yes, right? that made me really and then, happy. And then like she kind of creates good. this whole story. Like, she can't, like, I love this so much because, like, even within her accepting Anthony in this moment, she still has to justify it to herself. She can't just accept it for, like, love or whatever. She has to be like, well, maybe I got up and I just, like, boinked my head, you know, last week. And maybe I'm unsteady. <laughs> you know, we haven't discovered concussions yet, but maybe I have one of those. And maybe I just needed someone to steady me. And it's possible that you were the first person that I found... So, and then Anthony's doing like, yeah, the, the concussion protocol thing. And I was like, you don't even know what concussions are. It's 1814. But yeah, I, I liked in that moment too, like Kate is still so stubborn with herself 
that she can't just accept right. the dance for the sake of it because she likes the guy. She still has to like go through the, okay, if anyone asks, this is why I'm dancing with him. And it's not because I love him. It's because I was unsteady and he's a good steadier and we're dancing. And I was, yeah, I loved all of that so much. That's so, yeah, it is hilarious. It's like, wow. Okay. Stop making things up. Kate. Also, if you're that unsteady, that you need a man to study then you shouldn't be dancing right right it's yeah th- but that's the whole point of it is like you can just poke holes in it it's not a real thing like yeah. she's just like yeah. inventing a fake thing to dance yep. with this guy um love that everyone also else the, the queen being like no it was my idea like, let's talk about that in a second but sure before- <laughs> okay the bride ran off at the last possible nano fucking second <laughs> And the queen's like, no, 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 it was absolutely me. It's like, okay, thank you for that <laughs> endorsement, but come on, no, right. nobody's falling for that. Yeah. Uh, before that, though, before that, everyone like gets off the dance floor, which at first I yeah, was like, they're what? all like, oh. yeah. Was, at first I was like, what is going on? This is beautiful. Like, what are they doing? And then I was like, oh, the last they heard about all of this was like he was about to marry Edwina, and now he's like doing the hottest ever dance with the older sister. Like, I forgot that to everyone else. This is a huge scandal because they haven't seen Edwina and Kate talk about it. They're like, whatever. They just go like, okay, wedding's over. Kate boinks her head. She's better. She's at the dance. And her and Anthony are just like the two hottest people around. And Edwina's like (laughs) standing off to the sideline. I had forgotten how that would look to to everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah. And then the the, the Cowpers did not like buy the Queen's. I felt like their reaction to it was perfect because the queen is like, no, 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 that was my idea. And the Cowboys are like, yeah, sure. Okay. But like, none of it made any sense. Like, <laughs> like, like the, the scenario that everybody watched was like the bride sprint from the altar at the last second, <laughs> right? Like that there's, that's not a mutual decision. Like even before no. this episode, like that's like, if it's a mutual decision, you just don't have the, like you don't mutually decide that at the last second to like right. sprint away. But it's the same here where it's like, yeah, I just decided, like, wait, you just decide, you spent all of that money and all of the time on, like, the fireworks or whatever to just decide not to have the wedding. And the way you chose to, like, accomplish that was to, like, undercover have the bride sprint away <laughs> from the altar. Yeah, that made, but in a, in a way that I think the queen is like that, like, just unwilling to not have the, the final word or whatever. But also, right, that's I, true. I think, I think she's also in this, to give a little bit of credit to her character, she's trying to, like, flex her muscle to promote love here. Like, she's the queen. People are going to have yeah. to listen to her, even if she's lying. And I think she sees what's going on with Kate and Anthony and wants it to not be, like, and wants that to happen and knows that right. if she endorses it, people will accept it. And so I think that's what that's she's true. doing. I think she's trying to say, like, oh, yes, yes, yes. I knew about Kate and Lady Whistledown had no idea, idiot. <laughs> and right, like, I think she's she's trying to promote the love. But it comes right. across like like she's being an absolute <laughs> idiot. And the Cowpers are definitely onto that. She even has to say it twice, like, aren't yes, they beautiful? Aren't they beautiful? And everyone has to be like, oh, yes, 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 of course, they're gorgeous. <laughs> right. And yes, they are gorgeous. But again, yeah, she did have to reiterate it. Yeah, no, absolutely incredible. So um, good. Thoughts on Anthony knowing her name was Kathani Sharma? That was like the that hottest got thing. Me. I think that was that maybe got the me hot- so good. I was like, I think I audibly gasped when I was watching. Right, it. I, I was did like, too. Oh my god, Anthony! <laughs> I did too for a couple of reasons. One, that was we just don't know her name. Right. One, that was just very romantic like that was cool i like that yes but very the, very I, hot I, delivery too i i liked the full-on jump yeah, yeah jonathan bailey what i've learned from jonathan bailey is just like an attractive <laughs> dude who's great at acting 
Yep. And like this role requires two things, being an attractive dude who's great at acting and like that's perfect. And um the way like I I enjoyed they kind of fully went in on the inclusion of it all that she of mm. course she has like an actually Indian name. And that right. is, like I liked that part of it is they kind of like went that step further for like the inclusion of Indian characters to, to she actually how she actually has an Indian name and just chose a more kind of English version for this social season. Love that. Right. Um, a bit weird that to me, at least a little bit weird that none of her family calls her that. Cause surely that's what she'd be called in India. Like surely. She's yeah. A, that's a good point. Right. It was a bit weird that like, but also like, do we believe that Anthony is the kind of guy who's doing this fucking research? Like what? <laughs> like, like what do we, what do we think? He's I got? not exactly the most um, romantic guy. Right, like, do we, like, when, like but... when in the season, I want, like, I want to try and pinpoint when in the season I think he went and figured that out. I can't find a time that makes sense to me. Maybe, Maybe I... it's when he finally had the heart to heart with, with Kate's mom when she took the blame right possibly i was thinking maybe after the 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 mud pit incident like he like oh yeah he's like so like trapped in horny jail that this woman just like walked into the mud with her expensive dress that he's like i need to find out everything i can about this woman she's crazy like i don't know like, i just try to figure out when at what point do we believe anthony bridgerton was out there you know getting the whatever the encyclopedia of people is for there because they do <laughs> in season one it was a plot point that like anthony does research on people and like knows who hasn't paid their debts and who hasn't done mm. this right so there's a way to do this i was like okay i don't know but anyways i thought that was like super awesome that she has like an indian name yes and i love that we didn't know that because there's so much in this show especially with like the reveal of whistledowns like we d we know pretty much everything before anyone else does and also like the pairings of people because of the way it's shot and just how obvious the season goes but it's like having one thing that's like significant like a name that we don't know the audience knows that the characters do i love that yeah that was good i enjoyed all of that what are your thoughts on the feathering tins Actually, let's stick with Kate and Anthony for one more second. What are your thoughts as to like how like that end sequence into the epilogue plays out? Because we kind of time jump a little bit. You know, we get the Kathani Sharma thing. You know, he's going to be devoted to her forever. She's going to like, they're still going to vex each other. I can't imagine what their daily life is. They're just fucking arguing with each other all the time. <laughs> it's going to be so annoying, but whatever. If it turns them on. I get it. Like, cool. <laughs> Right, but like we kind of skip that to the Paul Mall sequence at the end with them, and what mm. we learn there is they're like still fully in love. It's been six months, whatever, and then they've been on like this giant honeymoon. And Daphne's pretty much like, oh yeah, yeah, like the sex doesn't stop for another three. You know what I mean? Like she knows exactly. <laughs> she knows exactly. Like until she's pregnant, like it's just gonna keep on going. Like it's there's no, there's no stopping it. Which I just thought was very funny, but like. Thoughts on just the epilogue with Kate and Anthony, I suppose. I liked it. I I kind of didn't like. I I agree with you that the whole wedding sin is a thing, and I'm kind of annoyed that we didn't get a Anthony and Kate wedding. Right, of course. Especially since we got this grand thing that never what didn't actually happen. Um, so it's kind of like, come on, I would have liked to see a wedding, but also weddings are overdone, so it's kind of an interesting choice that we just skipped it. Um. I did take one note because I don't know if it was like the music or the way it was shot or probably Jonathan's delivery or all of it, but 
and I don't usually get like visceral reactions to shows like this. It's just like it's like popcorn right, fluff yeah, yeah. to watch. But I got honest to god chills at Anthony finally admitting admitting his imperfections and saying he'd humble himself for Kate. I was like, that's amazing delivery, great writing. I think it's a little bit like kind of stereotypical. He's like, oh, I'll humble myself for you because I'm so in love. But you know, the character development of that and him being like, I'm really imperfect, but I'll I'll work on it for you. I was like, that's cool. I like that. Yeah, no, that was all good. I also enjoyed his line. He's like, look, I love you. You can do what you want with that information, right? Like you can accept it, deny it, whatever. I just got to say it because like he's finally learned that like when they invent therapy, Anthony Bridgerton is going to have like a wonderful time because he doesn't just say this out loud to the person. He can kind of just tell it to a therapist, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? <laughs> but he's like, this is on my chest. Look, I fucking love you. You're the hottest person I've ever met. You're like, you've vexed the shit out of me. You're the only person that I've ever like wanted to be around when I'm not around them, which is <laughs> whatever, right? Um, But I, I, did, I did like the like, you can just do what you want with that information, like kind of throwing mm. the ball back to her court, like fucking leave to India stay here i don't really care i just need you to know how i feel which i thought right. was good and then kate kate being like without any argument just being like oh i love you too i was like oh man like at least like i was assuming some kind of argument was gonna happen there yeah i was too because of course of course she'd have like something and anthony even says <laughs> anthony says you can accept this information or not and knowing you you probably won't and i was like fucking <laughs> yes like that was perfect delivery like the, yes. the knowing you, you probably won't thing. Yeah, that whole scene was super, super hot. And then like the fireworks and stuff was also so good, like very tastefully yes. done, right? Kind of like celebrating, I guess, like obviously celebrating their love, but I guess yeah. meant to be celebrating this ball. I thought it was good. Definitely. Fireworks are always good. Yeah, absolutely. What are your thoughts quickly on Theo? You didn't like Theo. I like Theo. I like Theo. I just don't like that he's there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because you want Eloise and Penelope. It's not, to... it's not that I dislike Theo himself. I think right. he's great and he's charming and adorable. And I would I would absolutely ship it if Penelope wasn't there. Right. You're just on another <laughs> ship. I get it. Gotcha. I want to. I'm I'm stuck on another ship. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. And I'm I'm like, yeah, it's already I need sailed. To get over that. That, though, that, that ship is in the middle of the Atlantic. Like it's already yes, sailed. It is. You yep. can't turn around to hop on the Theo one. But it's about to get struck by lightning and fucking sink, so that's really sad. <laughs> right, yeah. I think it's been like I think it's confirmed that the hurricane is just like sitting there and you don't have time to get the boat out of the the hurricane. Yeah, I'm just too far in it at this point. It's like, well, farther out to sea is safer, but we're probably gonna sink, so that's yeah. fun. I um I <laughs> But other than that, I like Theo and I hope he comes back because he's fun. I like I hope they have more banter, because witty banter, I'm a sucker for witty banter. Yeah, I the, the only thing that kind of bothered me about the Theo and Eloise thing, I don't know if it bothered me, but it just kind of confused me, is I can't tell who is kind of doing what at whom. Like, yes. who is feeling what for who? Who is like, like, they clearly like each other, but don't like each other in a weird way. And then like Eloise, like, got spurned and then she comes back. And then we learn that it's fake. Like Theo only did that to try and like get the Queen's people off their back. Right. So right. Theo like never actually wanted to be mad at her and Eloise is kinda into it and they spend all night like planning for Lady Whistledown, which is hilarious. And then they like drop the papers and they fall in love because they're picking up the same papers or whatever. But like then he goes in for the the kiss, which like at, at this point in like that kind of relationship, I, I I at least get it. Like, okay, like she's kinda into me. 
right? Like, she's coming all the way. Like, I get it. And then she's just, like, pieces the fuck out. I was like, I was like, I just, I get it. Like, the first notion of, like, anything romantic in Eloise is just leaving. Like, nope, I am out. That is not what I want in my life. Like, I get that. But on the other hand, too, I was like, because then she goes and tells Penelope, like, yeah, I should have listened to you the whole time. I should have never met with Theo or whatever. I'm like, because he likes you? Like, what is... Like, I just was confused. It's like, whose emotions were belonging to who? And who was directing them in which direction? And, like, why they were... The, that whole thing confused me a little bit. I... Yeah. That annoyed me a little bit. Because earlier in the season, she was talking to one of her brothers about how conflicted she was about about Theo and like what it felt like and I'm like yeah uh-huh you're describing having a fat crush on someone so you should deal with that right <laughs> but then like with him. that's what I mean Theo then, like starts I think to it's... act on it and then she yeah. like pieces out and I'm like wait what is going on yeah but I think it makes sense though because if you think about her character and I think it's an in-character confusion and I think she's probably doesn't know what the fuck she's feeling either because she doesn't even know, like, that other conversation, she doesn't know what's going on. She's like, what the fuck is this? What am I feeling? I've never felt this before. And it's like, yeah, because nobody tells you. Right, that's true. But and it's like, she it was... doesn't know anything about anything. And I feel like, also, the whole class divide is a bigger deal for them than it is for us with the modern gaze. So, like, she could be conflicted about that and conflicted about, like, being her being a problem for him because they can't be seen together or whatever especially after Whistledown so I feel like it makes sense but it also is annoying because it's like just be happy if if there's not a Bridgerton sibling that doesn't end up with like I, I guess like a lower class person in the is fucking there's eight of them or eight books you know what I mean however many Bridgertons yeah. there are one of them has to end up with like a lower class we can't keep having this thing where it's like Anthony's the with Sienna love match with the best rich person right like Anthony's with Sienna until that doesn't work and like I'm super glad we got Kate but like then Eloise is with Theo and then that doesn't work out and she's gonna marry some fucking lord or whatever you know what I mean like I. I just want yeah. one. I just I don't want the show to just turn into starting all these like pseudo romantic things with like someone from a lower class to just like rip them away, and just right. be like, just kidding. We're going back to the upper, <laughs> back to the time to find like a lord or whatever, right? Like, yeah, because they're good. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not statistically speaking, it's not going to happen. Right. Of course. Of course. In real life, it'd be zero out of zero. Like they, I get it. Yes. Or zero out of eight. But like in these books, or the like, it just gets too repetitive if you keep introducing these kind of lower class people that play like kind of pseudo romantic interests, just to like rip them away at the last second, so that like the main character, the Bridgerton one, can like go and find another lord or lady. I'm like, okay, well. Yeah, it's like action movies killing the love interest so that they can forward the plot and development. It's like, okay. Yeah, it's like, don't keep introducing these characters for me to invest into and start liking. Like, I like Sienna a lot, and now I really like Theo a lot, and then Theo's just Yeah, I do. If I I ever get over Penelope and (laughs) Eloise, I will like... I I liked Theo. I did. I thought he was great. Um, So, I feel like they could bring him back, but also kind of not, because they kind of burned that bridge. Right, but I just don't think they will. Like, I don't think Eloise... I'm not spoiled on, like, who Eloise ends up with, but I've seen, like, zero things online. I think I might have even seen online that Theo's, like, a made-up character, like, for the show, and Mm. not even in the books or whatever, and so it's like, okay, well... Like, it's back to, like, again, it's, like, back to where we started. Like, Eloise, at least with Penelope, is at a different place with her, 
But in terms yeah. of like Eloise, like back to where we started, except for she now knows what a crush feels like, <laughs> which I, I think maybe for her is actual character development, like a really big. Yeah, that's true. That is that is pretty big character development. But it's kind of if they keep doing that, if they're towing the line of really annoying me, because again, they yeah, you can't do that too many times. The last thing, and I want to remind everyone that there will be like a deep dive scene by scene thing. So if we missed your favorite thing that happened in this episode, we are sorry. Uh, it's just the way recording a podcast works. We don't have any notes or anything. We're just kind of going off the top of our head here. And the last thing we wanted to really cover was Anthony and his relationship with his siblings, because there's some really cool moments and some really kind of weird moments in this episode uh, with Anthony and his siblings. I want to start in the Bridgerton drawing room, the calling room, the living room, I don't know, whatever they called it in re the Regency era. Um, he kind of comes in at the beginning of the episode. He's in a gr he's a bit of a grumble bum because Kate's almost dead or whatever, which I would put me in a bad mood too, especially after the terrorist stuff. Like right after that, like that's like in terms of a high and a low, like that is the biggest gap between a high and a low you can get to. And so that kind of sucks. So he's in a grumpy mood. And then he goes into the, the Bridgerton dunk room and like they start dunking on him because that's what that room is for. And it's amazing. However, there's one specific thing that really bugged me. Fucking Colin is out there being like mad at him for like worrying about the money that he's taken out. And then Benedict even says like, but Anthony, he's 21 years old. And it's like, I swear, like I, I don't agree with this system. None of it I agree with. However, accepting the system as it is, I think that's literally his fucking job is to worry about the money. It's like to get people married to suitable people, which he's not doing a good job of himself at the, until this <laughs> point. But like the two things that you're kind of responsible for are marrying your family off and the money and occasionally hosting a ball or something. Right? Like, right? So it's just weird to me right. that all of his siblings are like, why? Why do you care about the money, Anthony? What Do you, do you want to watch a, what I do all day, every day? It's like, well, no. But with the money, yes, because you're, yeah, that was weird to me. Yeah, that was a little, that was a little weird to me as well. It's like, why is everyone freaking out at him about it? Yeah, oh, even better. So like, I, so Colin, I think, I get it. He's 21. He's trying to make a name for himself. He wants to be independent. He wants to waste all his family's money. Good for him. But that's like <laughs> literally Anthony's job to be mad about that. So I'm with Anthony on that one. Then Anthony decides to dunk on Benedict's drawings, which I was like, what the fuck? Like, this is just, this is okay. Now he's, he's just, just in, in a, a foul mood. Yeah, he's he just in a bad mood. And like, he's just targeting anyone with an eyesight right now. I was like, that was unnecessary. <laughs> like, like, and also Benedict has been an awesome big brother this entire time. Like even after. Supremely awesome for all of them. Cause he's the one that's been like on Eloise's side for both seasons. Yeah. I keep calling him the big brother. He is fucking younger in real life too. Like Jonathan Bailey is actually older than this Luke guy that plays Benedict. Anyways. Um, like after he brought like Kate into the thing, Benedict was immediately like, are you okay? Like, she'll be fine. But like, are you okay? And Anthony's yeah, like, really? that was such a good thing to ask. He's like, doing great. For that. And so he's like, for Anthony to just like come back the next day, and, like dunk on his drawings. I was like, okay, that's rude. And then even better. So like Colin and Anthony, I get it. Eloise is mad at Anthony because Anthony's mad about like her going to see Theo or whatever. And I was like, I, again, I disagree with this system. You should be allowed to like, go and do whatever you want with Theo. That's my position. Supremely hypocritical, hip, uh, too, because he had that fling with Sienna for like the yeah, entirety of the first totally, season. Totally, totally. However, within the society as it's accepted for the show, 
also his thing to worry about. Like, I get that it's annoying for you, Eloise, but, like, yeah. technically in his scope of things to worry about. So, like, I get that you're annoyed by it. I'm annoyed by it as a viewer who disagrees with the system. But, like, I get it from Anthony's point of view that he's, like, trying to manage all these fucking problems and Eloise is going out just, like, causing another headache. It's like, I get it. But even the best was fucking... <laughs> Hyacinth <laughs> is just mad. Like, like what I liked about this is Hyacinth and Gregory have act no reason to be mad at Anthony. It, like, they're not even, they weren't even allowed to be at the dance in the last episode because Hyacinth thought to be, like, invited down. Right. So they don't, like, participate in society. They just get to, like, wake up, have all this privilege and do nothing, right? Like, that's, <laughs> right? And so I loved so much that Hyacinth was like, yeah, this sucks. I'm leaving, too. And Gregory was like, I've actually got Latin homework to do. It's like, what the fuck are you two doing? Like, why are you mad? It was so good. I love that whole interaction. That was a great interaction. And then later, I have a note for Anthony's heart-to-heart -heart with uh, Gregory yeah. later in, this, in the episode. That that was really well done. Yeah, it was. And I don't know. Like, if it's just that, like, dad feels don't usually get me because I don't really have issues with my dad. So, like, the whole dysfunctional father storyline thing, I appreciate it, definitely. But it doesn't, like, hit me in the feels. But that scene was just, it was done so well. And the acting from both of them was amazing. Um, and again, this this is not the kind of show that, that hits me in the feels very often. But like twice this episode, I wrote it down because I was like, I need to remember this. Because twice this episode, it hit me in the feels. I got chills with Anthony admitting that he has faults, which for Anthony is character development. <laughs> I, love, I, love, I love that this show, what I like about Bridgerton is it fucking grinds you down so much <laughs> that like a character admitting they have faults is like the peak of emotion, right? Like it's just... Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that. But then the whole thing, the whole thing with Gregory actually got me a little bit teary-eyed because it's like, oh, it's like, oh, it was just so good. It was so well done. And it's such a different feel for the show because they don't usually go into things like that, especially with the siblings. It was good for the show. I liked it for Anthony. I liked it for Gregory specifically. That was awesome. I think he would have been like one when when Papa Bridgerton got, you yeah. know, killed by the bee or whatever and so yeah great for gregory just a good moment for anthony who's kind of like coming around to to finally being the and i to give anthony some credit there are way worse people like it's all relative right like anthony's not doing, oh yeah anthony's not doing a good enough job in the eyes of like his family or himself but compared to like how fucking functional the featherington family is like <laughs> anthony anthony is like a fucking whiz like he's a he's the he's the top of the top's best possible person right so it's all relative yeah, they've still got an entire household full of maids and butlers and stuff yeah you know what i mean like anthony's doing fine. fine it's all relative um I liked it for Mama Bridgerton too, to kind of overhear that conversation. Although I think for yeah. her, it's a little too late because her character was just so inconsistent before that. I have a yeah. hard time believing she like heard that conversation all of a sudden wants Anthony to like find love or whatever. Cause she's just been so back and forth between, I want you to get married. Are you going to get married? Just kidding. Don't marry Edwina. I know you don't truly love her, but are you going to get married? Like I just, also, if you don't get married, you're like, you know, what is your dead father going to think? And it's like, okay, like, this is ridiculous, right? And so it kind of sucked yeah. that I already was, like, so in the negative about Mama Bridgerton that this moment couldn't, like, for for her, for, like, for me, kind of analyzing her character, it was a great moment for her to listen to. I just wish that her character had been a little more consistent before that so I could have appreciated it as much as possible. Yeah, me too. Same yeah. with... Um mama sharma i feel like it was too little too late for me to care about her like 
being actually present in the last two episodes. Right, that's exactly right. Like, it's just kind of like, <laughs> yeah, sure, whatever, I suppose. Um, I like that the queen is going to hook up Edwina with the prince. What a clean way to get... Yes. I like that that's a very clean way to get Edwina out of the story, because we just know mm. that... Like, there's just not going to be room for that character, I assume, going forward. I haven't heard anything about about Edwina coming back. It's kind of just been like, Kate and Anthony will be back. Daphne will be back. It's going to be about Colin and Penelope and Benedict. You know, Benedict and Eloise and the other Bridgertons will be around. Yeah. But I've heard nothing about Edwina being back. So very clever to just, like, she can either come back later or not. But you could also just go with, right. she married the prince and lives in Norway or wherever that prince is from or whatever. Right. What was it? Russia? Greece? I don't know. Like, one of these places. Germany. Germany, yeah, Germany maybe. I, I think it was Germany because they called it Prussia because it Pru wasn't Prussia, yeah, yeah. But one of these places, Edwina's just like gone and married off to and lives there or whatever. Yeah. Which I, I, happily ever after. Happily ever after. I feel like she deserves. Right, I'm. I'm. Edwina was awesome. I liked Edwina as a character. Yeah, especially later in the season, I felt like she was, and like no fault of anyone really she's acted great but like in the beginning of the season i thought she was a little bit flat just characterization wise like writing writing the character wise i thought she was just kind of sweet and a little bit naive and just there right yeah, yeah. and i like her i like her new autonomy and like her really telling kate to go get what she wants in this episode it was great i love that scene yeah no i like that i like the dance sequence just because it was the first time I don't know what I'm trying to say because I'm just like attributing how I and I I'm an idiot like I assume so many like <laughs> wrong things about the society like, but I I kind of assume that like every social interaction is so carefully calculated that right. like the one dance that they go to where like the chains are off and it's just like you're doing it for you and you're not trying to impress anyone you're not trying to find a husband you're not like trying to figure out like who wants how many kids and who has this much of money for a dowry or whatever that must be very freeing to just be able to go into yeah. like cause i assume no one does it. like no one just goes it was yeah when they all danced together with the bridgertons and the sharmas after no one showed up i kind of got the sense it was the first time any of them had just danced to dance like for because fun. Of, for fun yeah right because they normally do it in such like a socially calculated way yeah and even their bath time is calculated as you pointed out which i didn't right. like yeah I, I, everything is timed to within an age of its life it's like just going and having fun and chilling out must have been really nice for all of them again i could be wrong on that i have no emails yet contradicting me um <laughs> however i uh yeah yeah i just assumed that like the only reason you'd have bath time with like an entire family is because like it can't have like it has to happen in the morning because after that you got the promenade and then you got like tea and then you got right. a fucking opera and then you got dinner and then you got the ball and whatever I learned that the balls didn't even start till like ten or eleven at night and went to like four or five in the morning, which I think is that's ridiculous. I think it's fucking rad. Like I like si like this whole society sounds like it sucks, but as long as I'm gonna be there and have tons of fucking money to throw around, like sign me up for like ten p.m. to four a.m. balls. I love dancing. I love parties. Like this is that is like aside from the society being shitty, like that part of it as like a daily schedule, I'm super on board with. Mm, I can see that, but I I have a weird sleep schedule and i prefer actually sleeping so i feel like that would be problematic yeah. for me but i get used to it i get the sense that this society does not care so much about personal desires <laughs> especially like think? especially like you're gonna bring up the term sleep schedule in 1814 and they're gonna be like what the well, fuck is that what is that i'm saying if i was to suddenly be transported there i would have a problem 
Yeah. Not if they care about sleep schedule. Yeah, I know. That, that, really the... that wasn't my point. <laughs> what the fuck's a sleep schedule? <laughs> what the fuck is a concussion? How did Anthony yeah. know that? was so funny. Fingers? Like, that was the only, that's my <laughs> only note about, like, the three to four finger thing is, like, this is not, like, this is, like, they use, like, what is bloodletting for everything. Like, that's what they do for every problem. Leeches for absolutely everything. Leeches, too. Like, they're not treating a concussion with, like, tests or whatever. <laughs> All right. I think we covered everything we're going to cover. If you if we didn't cover your favorite thing, I apologize. I promise I'll catch it in the the scene by scene kind of breakdown. Overall thoughts on the finale and then overall thoughts on the season. Overall thoughts on the finale. I really liked it. Probably one of my favorite episodes of the season. Um and this whole second season was like worlds better than the first season for me i liked it a lot more i liked the whole storyline better i liked the pairings better i mean the pairings of the duke and daphne were fine but i liked the storyline on the and the slow burn of kate and anthony quite a bit more um i think it makes the payoff better in the end and i like i guess i like that storyline better I'm going to agree on both counts. Uh, finale was great. Really enjoyed it. You know, few, uh, I, most, most of me is just making fun of this show. So all the things I made fun of in this episode, I will remake fun of in the kind of scene by scene breakdown. But great finale. It definitely, certainly better than the last season, how that ended. I can't wait to go over how I would have restructured the plot of this season to fit in. Oh, I'm so curious to hear like about that. In, I'll, I'll, okay, I'm going to quickly do it now. I don't know if Zoom's going to fucking yell at us again, but I'll quickly do it now. <laughs> Here's how I'm going to repurpose season two. Again, we're adapting from the books. I do not care what happens in the books. I'm just repurposing the plot of the show to fit eight episodes better in season two. Uh, episodes one to three, exactly the same. Don't need to touch them. That was a great kind of build up to Kate and Edwina and Anthony, all that stuff. Um, before the wedding, though, instead of doing this giant wedding for um, Edwina and Anthony, we're actually going to do it for Kate and Anthony later in the season because that's yes, what I'm going to enjoy wanted that. better. But it, you, now you're wondering, well, how the fuck are we going to get their bread? Whatever. So here's how we're going to do it. Um, we're going to get Edwina and Anthony kind of close to being married. We're going to do that dinner scene again where Anthony kind of gets up and almost proposes but doesn't quite. You know, there's still some nerves around. Not everyone's sure. He's still trying to figure out duty or love or whatever whatever and all that stuff and through kind of his like research or whatever he's going to start asking about like like in an anthony way like what's the dowry going to be like what what family am i you know what family is like am i marrying into and like that's how the sheffields are going to come up and the sheffields are going to come into the situation and we're going to have that dinner before the engagement that way when the chef that way when the sheffields fuck everything up Anthony doesn't have to like opt out of an engagement with Kate. So by the end of episode four, like halfway through episode five, the Sheffields are on the scene because Anthony's like curious, like, Hey, what's the dowry going to be like? What's that situation? Whatever. Right. Um, the Sheffields are on the scene. They fuck everything up. And then he doesn't marry Edwina. And then we have like two and a half episodes or what is that? Three episodes left or whatever to kind of explore like, okay, so the thing with Edwina is off. Anthony's back out on the market. Edwina's back out on the market. But they weren't engaged. It's not as big of a scandal. No one's like overly spurned by the other. And then we have- completely that- destroyed this time. And then, and then at that point, you can have the time to have Anthony and Kate kind of more naturally- kind of fall into each other in a way that's still pretty scandalous like if you were courting edwina and it blew up because of a dowry thing and then you went and married kate like that you don't lose any of the scandal there like that's still scandalous right. it's still gonna piss edwina off you're still getting all of that stuff 
but it happens in kind of a more natural way where you don't need the giant wedding for Edwina to figure it out. You don't actually need Edwina to figure it out at all, right? Like, it just kind of ends naturally with the Sheffields being assholes, and I think that's, like, a good ending point for Edwina and and Mm. Anthony. And then from there, through that kind of fallout, is where Anthony and Kate kind of fall into each other. And then you still get all of the scandal or whatever, but we can take that big wedding scene and make it for Anthony and Kate at the end instead of in episode six for Anthony and Edwina. I like that. I have, I have more canon. points. I'm just doing this at the top of my head because I had it written down somewhere. There's a lot more that I kind of had scheduled out into that. But basically, I'm just kind of reworking when the Sheffields come to mess everything up. Right. So that you don't need... I think that would make it flow better. Because the whole the whole wedding scene thing really pissed me off, and like we don't even get to see Kate and Anthony's, which I get, because then they'd have two big weddings, blah blah blah. So that's fine that they didn't do it that way, but I feel like it would have been better if we could have had that moment with with the couple that will actually end up together. Yeah, and it keeps all the side stories the same. Like that doesn't yes. like it's just like reworking it that way doesn't influence what Eloise is doing or Penelope's doing or the Theo or any or you know cousin Jack. Like that all stays the same. So I yeah, think if you just point. like shuffle around slightly when the Sheffields come in to ruin everything, you can kind of get Kate and Anthony together in a more natural way where you still have all the same kind of problems they have to go through. And they still are who they are. Like, I'm not changing their characters or whatever. Like, Kate's not right. just going to like accept Anthony for, right? Like, <laughs> it's still going to take some time and a little bit of work. But then you can save, instead of doing a big like Featherington ball at the end, you can have the wedding sequence at the end for Kate and Anthony. And that just mm. feels a little bit at least for me, a little more of a flow to it. I like that. Perfect. I'm going to take that as my <laughs> new headcanon. <laughs> yeah, my headcanon of what happened. Okay, uh, I like the finale. I think it's great. I'm going to like chuck around possibly like an 8.2, something like that, like good. Um, I, maybe. I don't know if it's the best episode. I, I As much as other people hated it, I enjoyed what happened with the characters at the wedding. I hated the wedding sequence. But like in terms of like the character stuff that happened in that episode, I think that's probably still my favorite. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I like the character stuff there too. As well. I'm gonna throw around an eight point two like provisional rating until I like take notes on it and watch it a second time. Uh, in terms of the whole season, I'm gonna agree. Miles better than season one for me. I think part of it though is that season one needed to happen to make season two work. I think like that yes, show. Yes, that's true. That show had yeah, the season as you said, the whole of season one walked so that season two could run. Right, like this season was not burdened by trying to introduce us to the world or how anything works or anything like that. We, we kind of right. just and season two, to be perfectly fair, does not really hold your hand. You're just back into the world. It doesn't go through right. a lot of trouble of re-explaining how the society works. You're not like you're just back at like the first episode is two balls in it like you're just back in the in the social season right and so um this season just has a lot less exposition can, to do and doesn't introduce a ton of new characters right like the the sharmas yeah. are new and they kind of fit seamlessly into anthony's storyline cousin jack is new but he's kind of with all the other featheringtons that we already know mondrich is the same you know what i mean like you're not introducing new characters that have their own thing going on new characters are only introduced to to bounce off of the characters we already know right so you're not even having to go through the trouble of really introducing fully too many new people and give them like fully flushed out arcs or whatever and so i think season one it's still good i enjoy season one like like it's, it's still a pleasant watch like i don't dislike it or anything i think it's a great season of television i just think this one was at least for me, a pretty significant step up over season. Definitely. Perfect. All right. I think that's it. That's all. I'm sure we missed something that we'll find out when I do this editing. 
I was like, oh, I wish we talked about that. Um, Mia, thank you so much for coming on again. I hope you enjoyed your your second go round on on the Let's Dive Deep Bridgerton feed. I absolutely did. Thank you so much for having me. No worries. If you're listening to this, don't forget you, we got Twitter and Facebook and Patreon. Oh, they're all in the show notes. I can keep talking about them every episode, but y'all know where they are. Shouts to the 11 five-star reviews we got on Spotify in the last, you know, two or three days. That was pretty fun. It kind of Spotify emailed me. It was like, yo, your podcast got reviewed. And I was like, cool. But it was like a bunch of people. I was like, this is great. Um, so that was cool. Thank you so much for that. I think that's it though. Let us know. Uh, via email, via Twitter, wherever you want to let us know what your thoughts on the, the season were, what your thoughts on the episode were. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you in the next one.